It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. From The Athletic, he's our friend Sam Amick. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hey, guys, doing fine. How are you? Hey, we're excited. We're going to get to see some jazz basketball tomorrow night as they play game one of this back-to-basketball situation down in Orlando. And we've kind of asked you this question, I think, every week, Sam, but how are you feeling now that we're right there? Uh, it, it starts tomorrow. Feeling pretty good. Um, you know, you got the, the good news today from the NBA, you know, round two of testing with the players inside the bubble, zero positive tests, you know, that's fantastic. And in light of some of the struggles in other sports, you know, it kind of illuminates it even more. So certainly hope that continues. And then basketball-wise, I'm, I'm just really curious to see kind of how long it takes all these different teams to uh, to kind of get whole again. You know, I think that you've just got a bunch of rosters where once the spotlight is on, we're going to, we're going to start identifying, oh, wow, that, you know, like the Clippers, they're not expected to have Montrezl Harrell, Patrick Beverly, and Lou Williams. And I, they're not alone. There's a lot of teams that, whether it's because of COVID or guys with having excused absences, um, there's a, kind of a hodgepodge field to the rosters. Uh, but, you know, I'm just fired up to see it get rolling again. I think the basketball pretty good in terms of the, uh, I'm sorry, so far in the scrimmages has been pretty good and fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that is all that. But, Sam, after reading your story about Lou Williams, I want to know where your favorite place is to go get wings. <laughs> oh, man, that's a doozy of a situation, guys. Uh, you know, I'm a Wingstop guy. Wingstop's pretty good. Uh, never been to Magic City. Uh, you know, I'm not judging anybody who has. Just uh, um, that was, you know, one of our guys, Chris Kirshner, who's a writer in Atlanta, uh, actually went and did some hard-hitting reporting and had to test the wings out for himself yesterday. And, you know, that story was something else. But, I mean, jokes aside, I, I did, you know, I tweeted this the other day. It's like, you know, even there's such a stigma, and, and I get it with gentlemen's clubs in general, but for the purposes of the NBA, I mean, you cut through all that, and it's a pretty – it's pretty black and white. Like Lou or any other player, in my opinion, who leaves the bubble, like you just, you should not be doing anything other than takeout food. Like that's it. You should not be sitting on, I mean, you know, even us at home in a non-compact or impacted area, it's not that bad. You know, we're not sitting in a restaurant for half an hour, 40 minutes, sharing the oxygen with other people who we don't know where they've been. So to me, that's where he aired. And, and obviously he's paying for it now in the form of a 10 day quarantine. But really, I mean, this is something Jake and I have been going back and forth on, and you mentioned it earlier, the other the other sports having the troubles that they're having, the NBA is doing this right. It, it seems as though, and I, I don't want to jinx it or anything, but it seems as though they've got a good idea of how to do this, and maybe that's impossible for other sports, but certainly 
uh, knock on wood, the NBA looks like it's heading in a, in a, in a good direction. No, I agree. I mean, I believe the NHL is doing a bubble, and even the basketball tournament, which is that kind of fringe under league that that uh, that did one a couple months ago and had pretty good success. The bubbles appear to be working. Baseball, obviously, a, a different situation, and I feel for them a little bit because I'm not, you know, and, and I'm not an expert on that front. But some of their decisions seem questionable. Others, you look at it and you say, I don't know what they're supposed to do because those players are not going to agree to a bubble for the entirety of a regular season. So, you know, I've seen some commentary from fans and media where they say, oh, you idiots, why wouldn't you do a bubble? Like, just, it's not, I don't know. The NBA might be in this quandary next season if, if things aren't better. You know, like, it's one thing to do this bubble for eight seeding games and then the playoffs. It, it's quite another to try to do an entire season. Uh, but you're right, Gordon. I mean, so far, so good. Uh, people I talk to inside the bubble are very impressed across the board with the level of kind of safety and, and just diligence, and it's the real deal. You, I'm not getting any reports back with people saying, oh, man, they're talking a big game, but, but things are lax, and if you want to go somewhere, you can. And There's none of that. I mean, you take a wrong turn and you're going somewhere you're not supposed to be, there is a security guard looking at you and saying you do not have the right badge to come this direction. So – uh, it does seem like it's the real deal, and that's a good thing because it's working so far. Sam Amick from The Athletic with us, uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sam, talking about the Jazz, we just had George Niang on the show uh, earlier this hour, and we asked him about the concerted effort that they seem to be taking to uh, to take more threes, and uh, he confirmed that. And, in fact, in six consecutive quarters during these scrimmages, the Jazz shot over 50% of their shots from three. They're, they're obviously uh, putting more of an emphasis on that. What do you think about that concept maybe in an effort to make up for or the lack of Bogdanovich and being small. They're a small team right now. Yeah, I know. It's, I think it's smart. Um, it's a little bit of a page out of the Rockets book. The one thing that, you know, there's this misnomer with the Rockets when they started going small even years ago, even before the Clint Capella trade, you know, and, and when they went super small like they are now, they fired threes um, team-wide at a rate that did not reflect – the uh, what am I trying to say? Like the proficiency of those individual players. Like you know, there's the guys that might be rolling in with 28% three-point accuracy, and and they still, to a degree, had a mantra of if, it, if it's open, shoot it. And you know, I think the the math on that and the data, you know, I would have to assume based on the way the Jazz have analyzed their own team is that. You know, okay, you might have a couple outliers, outliers, and, and players who maybe shouldn't be having the green light. Uh, but once you, you know, you do that collectively as a group, the math is going to be in your favor, and, and maybe it does help fill that gap of losing a, a good scorer like Bogdanovich. So, I get it. Uh, it's interesting, and, and in fact, tomorrow morning I'll have kind of a you know top ten storylines piece coming out, looking at the Orlando situation. The Jazz are certainly one of them, and whether it's the three-point shooting, Bogdanovich being gone, Rudy and Donovan, and, and I enjoyed, uh, I'm sure you guys saw it today, Rudy's interview with the Washington Post, where I thought he was pretty good in that piece. You know, the Jazz in general remain front and center for me as far as just intriguing teams. Getting back to what Jake asked you about, uh, Sam, it, it seems as though in the past the Jazz have 
passed and passed and passed and passed looking for the best shot possible. Uh, you run a couple risks when you do that. You might turn the ball over, and it seems as though now the Jazz are to the point now where they're saying, okay, we'll take, go ahead and take the three off the dribble. If it comes early in the shot clock, go ahead and take it. If it's a good shot, it's a good shot. Don't mess around with it. And that, that, that seems that, that's different for this team. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think within that, you know, you've got the playmaking question when it comes to a Mike Conley and a Donovan Mitchell. I know Donovan's tried to improve in that department, um, but you know, if they if they had a roster that was flooded with Steve Nash's and LeBron James, then maybe you you go farther down that playmaking road and go from the good shot to the great shot. But you know, it, it's a balance. I mean, you you have these uh, these Spurs ties within this jazz organization and the Spurs are the ones who, you know, Greg Popovich is the one who kind of, he mastered the art of good to great. And that's part of their culture, part of their ethos. And I, and I think that's still going to exist within the jazz, but if you're not seeing the results and, you know, whether it's overpassing and, and, and not getting the payoff for, for that approach then you know, try something new. I wonder if it'll be feast or famine, you know, really come across with success on one night and maybe the next night, not so much. I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Sam Amick with us uh, from The Athletic, your daily assist here on 97.5 in 1280 The Zone. What uh, What are your thoughts on the Jazz opponent uh, tomorrow, Sam? The Pelicans, Zion Williamson, do they have much of a prayer of playing their way into the playoff picture? Well, I think they do because obviously, you know, you only got to get within four games of Memphis to get into the play-in tournament. And it, it's not great for them that Zion had to go tend to a personal matter and then come back and it does appear that he'll be available to play tomorrow. But, you know, I wonder kind of what sort of setback he suffered from a training standpoint. But they're a talented squad, and they were rolling before the break. And so all they got to do is, um, I mean, shoot, they got to stand packed because I believe they're three and a half behind the Grizzlies right now. They, they, but you need to be you know, ahead of Sacramento and ahead of Portland and also San Antonio. So you got to nudge out those other three squads, get yourself into – I mean, they're not going to surpass Memphis. Mathematically, it's just not going to happen. So get yourself into a playing tournament. And at that point, I think all bets are off because that Memphis team has no Justice Winslow, and, and that's a definite loss for them. And, and so I'd probably be handicapping the Pelicans – in that setup, but it'll be fun to see. I think tomorrow is, is probably going to be somewhat rough, even though these scrimmages have been pretty good. You know, I, I feel like you know, I mentioned earlier the Clippers and guys they're missing. You know, Zion being maybe a little rusty because he's been out. Um, you know, I don't know who else. Who am I missing on the Jazz side? Are they are they whole right now, or they're going to be without anybody tomorrow? They should be whole. Boyan. Yeah, outside of Boyan, yeah. they should be uh, good to go. Yeah, and to me, it just in terms of even analyzing that one game, I mean, they got to come out and take care of business. They should be able to to knock the Pelicans off, you know, given what New Orleans has been through. But that's the fun part of it is that um, nobody, none of us ever wanted any of this for society or the, the ripple effect on sports. But it is just it's wild. The, the sports fan part of me, you know, you watch these baseball games where you know that technically speaking. Like every win or every loss in baseball is essentially like 2.7 times the value of a normal game within a normal season because they shorten their season. Now with basketball, 
I mean, these eight seeding games with playoff position on the line, you know, it is going to have that March Madness feel that I think hopefully is going to be a lot of fun because there's no time to waste. Um, so, you know, you lock in tomorrow when you try to figure out how much damage you can do, but, you know, there's not much time. Coming back the way these teams are, Sam, and your experience watching NBA basketball, which is tougher to come back from to, to, to play at a high level, defense or offense? Um, it's a good question, which is my way of delaying to form an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I would probably say offense. I, I, I mean, and certainly the disclaimer, I've never played the game anywhere near the level of these guys. You know, I was a marginal middle school player who you know couldn't make the cut on the old high school team but like it's uh what i've learned about the game is that you know the defense so long as you're in shape and in condition is going to be there for you uh offensively i think rust is going to impact you more and and especially because certainly you know on the defensive end five guys on a string there's a collective element to it for sure um, but you, but but you can still control your part. You can defend your backside off and remain focused and, and make the right reads. Um, and I think that would likely come back to you quicker. Offensively, it's a chemistry thing. It's a it's a sharpness thing, you know. And, and it's even a system thing. You know, do you remember? You know, this is the kind of the brain part of the game. Just do you remember every set? Do you remember every move? Every cut? every read and I would have to imagine that it might take a little longer for that to come back if you had this kind of a layoff Sam thank you as always for jumping on with us and excited that uh, when we talk to you next week we'll be talking about actual games played how nice will that be I know I'm looking forward to it in a few weeks from now I'll be coming at y'all from inside the old bubble so uh, awesome. away we go awesome where do you where do you watch your games from Sam just uh, there in the TV then or do you go someplace or what do you uh no well these days I don't go anywhere but um, <laughs> I, I rotate a little bit I got an office that I'm in right now that uh that I have no fewer than four possible screens one one big screen TV and three pretty big computer monitors so I can put a bunch of games on in here or we've got a projector uh, living room where you know the, the the screen's a whole lot bigger but then the family yells at me because they don't always want to watch hoops like i do <laughs> so you know I, we got a tv in the garage i, I basically just kind of move from spot to spot depending on how i'm feeling that day <laughs> sounds pretty sweet to me sam thank you very <laughs> much as always you're the best sounds good thank you guys appreciate you our friend Sam Amick from The Athletic. There's your daily assist here on 97.5 and, uh, and 1280 The Zone. Sam yeah, sounds fairly positive about the Jazz. I, I mean, I think that, you know, what we're seeing with the three-pointers, Gordon, I think is a really big deal. And we'll have yeah. to see how that continues. Because you would think that three-point attempts without a player like Boyan Bogdanovich would go down. And it appears like they're they're pretty determined to make them go up. Well, if they go in, it's good. If they don't. That's not. And, I, you know, the Jazz are a good shooting team, typically speaking. At least they were with Boyan in the lineup. Now we're going to find out how they do without that. And uh, it, it's freeing up Mike Conley a little bit. It's freeing up Donovan Mitchell a little bit. And uh, I, I, I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, we talked to George Niang earlier. He, I think he's very excited. You mentioned it to him that you must be excited to have this kind of opportunity to 
go ahead and fire away. And he said, yeah, if I'm open, I'm going to shoot. Yeah, it was funny. We shoot? talked to him about the, the more threes, and, and uh, how did he put it? He said, that's the only thing I do well, so that yeah. must be good for me, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, but you know, I, I like the self-deprecation there, but he, he's kind of right. I mean, there – there is certainly an opportunity for George Niang to make an impact on this team in this situation because that's what the Jazz are going to try and do is hoist a bunch of threes. They're not the defensive team they've been over the past few years. They're still good. They're still above average, but they're not you know, a top three defensive team in the league like they've been, and they're much smaller, and they're going to try and and battle that by taking a bunch of threes. And it's, it's what the nerds like Locke say they should be doing for a reason. Three is more than two. I didn't know if you uh, knew that, Gordon. Uh, I'm slightly aware. Uh, but I wonder where we should have asked George sometime how he developed his perimeter shooting. Because I know that's just a basic of basketball, but some guys really are able to come along in that regard, and others uh, just sort of stay stationary in that regard. So I, I, I don't know how it's done. Is it going into the gym and putting up 500 shots a day? Or is it just a natural thing? Is it what do you got to do in order to improve in that regard? Uh, the old... I think the Jazz, the Jazz have, to, have to improve, even though they were good shooting before without the 20.2 from Boyan. They gotta, the other guy's got to step up. Uh, the old uh, talent, uh, God-given ability versus hard work. Uh, argument, Gordon. Yeah. I don't think that's the the same for anyone. But let me ask you this: you this question: What hidden talent had you worked on it? Do you think you would have been really good at the piano? You think? Mm-hmm. Did you ever take lessons as a kid? Two years. How uh, how old were you? I was quite young. Out of all the stories from Gordon Monson, I do not think I knew that you took piano for two years. Yeah, I I did. Uh, I played at a. Uh, what do you call it, recital once that was kind of a big deal. And uh, I had worked on a rather complicated piece, and uh, even though I was young in the game, as it were, and I promptly walked up to the piano, sat down, all fired up, ready to go, confident, had earned the confidence. (laughs) The very first note I hit was the wrong note. I'm just trying to picture what big deal concert would be for like an eight-year-old. Yeah, was this Carnegie Hall? Yeah, right. I don't... Were, you pl- were you playing some sort of stadium for a eight-year-old piano recital? Opening for Elton John, yeah, were you? Right. <laughs> no, I think I could have been. Uh, I think I could have been pretty good at that. Okay, because I had good hand-eye coordination. I bet a lot of people and, have that uh, same uh, that same answer. Because yeah, we're dumb. We, we we quit. We, we we decided to do something else. When uh, I've often thought about that, and that's something you guys will have to figure out for yourselves and for your kids, that you uh, try to channel them in a direction where they can see some success. But what if what if um, what if like Mozart's parents had wanted him to be a soccer player or something? Mm. You know, they put you kind of open opportunities for your kid in the wrong direction. But if you find the right one, then that's where that's where that magic does happen. So uh, maybe are, are you going to get Sadie uh, involved in piano? I don't know. We have a piano. But I think I could have easily been a professional highlight player if I had just practiced. 
Of course you could have. Because uh, easily, I just you know, had I well, put what, in the what effort. Is it, what is it about your particular set of skills that uh, would have, uh, you know, pushed you to heights? Nothing. Just, just think. Uh, had I practiced, <laughs> that nobody been, else plays. High I would have been really good at it. <laughs> All right, we'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.